Hello and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that change everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible and ultimately pushed them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. I'm Jeff, and once again, I have the privilege of talking to amazing people who are truly innovating in their particular entrepreneurial spaces, and we get to hear their stories. Now, with over two decades of experience in IT consulting, development, analysis, and implementation, today's guest was part of the Salesforce MVP inaugural class and is a member of the Salesforce Hall of Fame. Now, around 10 years ago, he took all of that and helped create Red Argyle, where he currently serves as CEO. Here's Gary Palmatier. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. No, we're glad that you took the time to be with us today. Um, tell me a little bit about Red Argyle. First of all, just kind of a bird's eye view in a nutshell. What do you guys do there? Yeah, we're a Salesforce solutions implementer. So uh, we help companies implement Salesforce.com, particularly in the uh, communications media tech space and the health life sciences space. Awesome. And so obviously Salesforce seems to be your bread and butter. It's like uh, some, since you were there kind of at the beginning when they um, started the, the MVP class. And uh, how does one become a, a member of the Salesforce Hall of Fame? I'm just curious. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, that's a, a an interesting hot topic. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a you know a bit of a different program back in 2010 when when they first invited me in. I mean, really, the best the best advice I could give anyone who's thinking about uh, becoming a Salesforce MVP is just help people, and and that's what we do. We we're out in the ecosystem, doing uh, helping each other out through many different communications and and uh, media types and. I was really active on Twitter for a long time. I uh, spoke at Dreamforce a couple times. And, you know, when they put the first class together, they invited me and I couldn't believe it. That's awesome. Well, and obviously you've turned that uh, Salesforce knowledge into um, a full-time uh, business that you're working at. So tell us, let's go back in time. You guys have been doing this for, gosh, almost a decade, it looks like, right? Mm -hmm. um, so tell me a little bit about how that got started. So what were you doing before Red Argyle? And what was the impetus for you to want to kind of set out on your own? Yeah. So prior to Red Argyle, I mean, I've had a very uh, long and winding road starting on a farm in upstate New York and, uh, you know, kind of through, through a couple jobs. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of fast forward to the interesting bits. Uh, <laughs> um, so my pre previous position before Red Argyle, uh, I was hired as a nonprofit technology consultant. Uh, I show up to my first day of work. And my supervisor at the time says, hey, uh, our management team just got back from this show called Dreamforce, and we are really into this Salesforce thing. Would you be interested in uh, an alternative role at the company and helping us with a Salesforce product dev team instead of uh, uh, you know, the job that we hired you for? And I said, oh, let me think about that. 
went home and did some diligence and did all the reading and all that good stuff and found out uh, that Salesforce was an amazing platform. I went back in the next morning and said, I'm all in, let's go uh, do this thing. So um, after that, I had a, a fun time. Uh, we I got to work on this product development team and one person on the team, uh, uh, his name's Tom Petros, um, we got really close uh, through, through that journey and worked together for a couple of years. And uh, a little while later, Tom decided to go off and start his own business. And, and I thought that that was a great idea. I was happy for him, but I wasn't ready to make the jump. So Tom went, started Red Argyle, and then uh, took me, it took him about nine months to, to uh, see how successful he was being. And then he invited me to join him as a partner. Awesome. And so how did you guys go to market initially in order to let people know what you were doing? Our first strategy was pretty organic. I, I developed a pretty decent network through all of my ad, online advocacy and everything. So when we hung a shingle together for Red Argyle, uh, I, I worked really hard on the local user group scene, LinkedIn, Twitter. LinkedIn wasn't really big back then, but Twitter still was um, on that front. And then we also just had a really great uh, couple of original customers that Tom brought in. So they turned into really good referral sources. So we just did everything we could to grow and expand our network organically. Yeah, that's great. And can you, what's the, the, the origin of the name Red Argyle? What, what, what was the inspiration for that? Oh man, that's a fun story. So uh, it, it's simple and complex at the same time. So um, the simple part is red is Tom's favorite color. Uh, it's also my favorite color. So, uh, I, you know, it's like we were uh, born to be together, I guess. <laughs> um, the Argyle is actually kind of funny. It was when Tom started the business, it was originally going to be an information architecture firm where uh he was going in and helping colleges and, and complex institutions like organize all their information. And Argyle is an organized pattern made up of other patterns, which is kind of similar to how information comes together. Um, so that was the original vision. Unfortunately, Salesforce was just too lucrative and we fell headlong into that and never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- um, tell me a little bit about the, those, those early days. It sounds like you had a couple of customers to, to start with. Um, were there any, I guess, innovations that you guys kind of put in place to start growing? What what was the key to growth? I mean, you've been around for 10 years. It doesn't happen by accident. So what were you guys doing then, I guess, that kind of benefits you today? Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about like the old Red Argyle and then, uh, you know, I'm excited to talk about the tipping point when we get to that part. But, sure. Uh, so oh, originally our focus was, was uh, really just hang on and do some good work. And mm-hmm. so when we started the business, we just loved the technology we got to work with. We were able to do such great work for our customers affordably and quickly that it was really important to us to just focus on doing really good work. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, we we had enough work, even within the first six months, to hire our first employee. And then we started hiring at a, at a fairly casual pace, a few hires a year to just augment and supplement our efforts. But, you know, our efforts early were, were again, just build a good core team, do good work, make our customers happy, uh, take care of our team and, and kind of just en- enjoy the ride, so to speak. Uh, and it was enjoyable for us, our team, and, and we were able to do good work for our customers at the same time. So win, win, win. Yeah. Well, then let's let's talk about like what were some of the tipping points, I guess, that kind of led you towards the path to success? Yeah, so I think one of the tipping points was some pretty serious adversity. Um, mm. So we, we grew 
pretty steadily through from 2010 through 2016. And it was, you know, just a nice, enjoyable plod through, you know, two, two co-founders going forward into, uh, you know, having a team of about six or eight on staff. Going into um, 2017, uh, we, we saw this cliff, this the cash flow cliff, if you will, mm. looking ahead. And, you know, there was no real major external problems. It was more just, you know, we'd grown a lot, but we hadn't really expanded our our, our reach and effort and uh, nuance, particularly in the sales and marketing space. So early that year, we made two decisions. Uh, the first decision was if something big doesn't happen in 2017, we've really got to revisit our our dreams and goals and and look at, are we doing the right thing? The second decision was, um, you know, up until then, all of us were doing everything. Everyone was a consultant. Everyone was a developer. Everyone was doing sales. Uh, and we realized we really had to specialize. So in 2017, I kind of went the sales and marketing route while Tom stayed on the operations and, and infrastructure and technology route. Uh, so he took over delivery. I took over sales. And, you know, we really just kind of through that split, it let me focus on taking, you know, white gloving every lead that came in while Tom white gloved every project that I'd sold. And, and going in that way, we, we started doing a lot better. Um, through those successes, we started writing much better content for our blogs and really ramped up our, our public presence because we were getting much better success stories. <laughs> and then randomly, uh, I'm driving after a fairly ho-hum sales call and I get a call from a, uh, I won't name names, but I'll just say a Fortune 100 technology company, um, which I thought was a total scam, by the way. Mm. And I said, oh, sure, you know, email me. And, you know, it was all this RFP stuff and everything. And uh, lo and behold, I get home and I read this email and it's legit. Uh, Fortune 100 uh, company uh, director was reaching out to find someone to build a Salesforce project for them. Mm. So we, uh, we chased it. <laughs> And that, so tell me about that process and as far as like uh, the RFP and, and chasing this, this, I mean, that's a big fortune 100. That's a big fish. Yeah. Yeah. So there were a, a few things along the way that were uh, interesting. So the first one was, um, you know, even though we've been doing Salesforce for so long and we've already had, I want to say 700 projects under our belt, it was kind of a mental challenge to just think, are we good enough to do work for this kind of company? And we kind of had to get over that self-doubt. Um, the second thing, we had to marshal a lot of resources to get through the process and the RFP process. And we were about halfway through and I was almost ready to, I found out it was a highly competitive deal and I was thinking about throwing in the towel. And thank God my wife uh, said, don't give up, you know, just <laughs> stay the course. You're already halfway there. And, uh, you know, Tom, you know, again, was hugely supportive and he was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's work late. Let's build demos. Let's build mock-ups. And, and we ended up just blowing it out of the water. We, we won the deal because we'd worked so hard during the RFP. We did all the mock-ups and, and so much extra work. I and mean, we had a full proof of concept ready to go at the, at the presentation, which none of our competitors did. So, you know, it was the extra work really paid off, but it, it was a real leap of faith, uh, kind of like that Indiana Jones scene where you like step yeah. out of the bridge and just <laughs> hope the rocks there to catch us. And it was. Yeah. I think they call that imposter syndrome, right? When you feel like, I don't know, is this, am I, <laughs> maybe I'm not meant to do this. You know, this may, maybe this is for someone else. 
Um, but you, you get, you guys work through that obviously. And, uh, have, have there, I guess, would you say that's given you confidence to go into other ones since then? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, that's a really interesting term because I feel like everyone has to face it at some point mm-hmm. during their career when you have a new challenge. And, you know, the, the best thing I can say about that is, uh, I think everyone's faking it here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but while there was that self-doubt, uh, again, we just looked at our successes and this project was really no different than work we've already done in the past. And mm-hmm. doing it there, I think maybe was a little feather on our cap, like, okay, we can go do this. Let's go get more. And and we did. And uh, at this point, we've delivered about 90 projects to that customer. We've also got into a couple of the other big tech companies, which has been a, a, a real blast. And that, that's been really fueled our growth from after 2017 onward. Yeah, it sounds like it would. That's that's a great story. Tell me a little bit about uh, other ways that you guys, I guess, have innovated to kind of set yourselves apart from other folks who might be doing this. Obviously, you you went up against competitors for that for that business, um, mm-hmm. and you clearly the the hard work you'll put in sets yourself apart. But what else do you guys do as far as innovations with Salesforce that make you different? Yeah, I think there's there's a few things that I'm really proud of uh, as a, a you know a partner at Red Argyle, and uh, one of them is our development practice is top notch. I think one of the best in the world. Our team is able to deliver amazing innovation um, at a speed that I can't believe, but also at a enterprise grade level of testing and documentation and all those fun compliance things that you have to wrestle with. So our, our dev practice is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we've coupled that with a, a, a really fun and creative design process. So so we bring some really just great brains to the table when we're doing design work with folks. And, the, and then lastly, uh, we started a co-op program uh, where a local college we partnered with and we let uh, we invite those six-month co-ops to come work with us. And we've developed the discipline so that we can take a co-op and within about a month, they're actually ready to go and work on project teams for some of these big tech companies. Uh, that piece has brought such a just acceleration of innovation, great ideas, and mm. the latest and greatest trends right into the heart of our team. And then we kind of couple that with our experience. It's been a really good mix. Wow. That sounds like a really cool program. Do you, do you, do you find... Uh, I guess future employees through that does like do, does anybody stick around after that the co-op options? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. They're they're uh, uh, we've hired it pretty extensively out of our co-op pool. Um, you know, they're 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 already caught above when they come in and and after they've been through six months or a year uh, through the, their their school mandated co-op, uh, we've extended a lot of job offers. And I also love it because um, you know we're an upstate New York tech company. So there's not a whole lot of diversity up here and uh, working with the, uh, the college, you know, they, they recruit globally. So we've actually been able to attract a lot of diverse talent to our team too, which is really important to us. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. How did, how did that come about? Like, did they approach you? Did you approach them when that, when that, when that began? Yeah. Tom um, just had the idea to go to a job fair one day and, you know, we're like, okay, you know, we need to hire some folks. And we, we go to the job fair and had some really good interviews. And then after that, um, uh, Tom and, and our, what we call now our Argler Ops team is, has put together a relationship with the student affairs office there. So now we're able to be really deep in their council and we work together every semester to, uh, to go find some great people for our team. That's amazing. 
What a, what a great idea. Tell me a little bit about what the future looks like for our Red Argyle. What do you guys got coming down the pike that you're really excited about? Yeah, well, if you can only imagine 2020 was a bit of a challenge for mm-hmm. everyone. Um, and, you know, looking ahead, our our goal uh, professionally is really just full recovery. Um, you know, every year we've grown. We even had some growth last year, uh, which is which I'm really happy about. But uh, I want to grow uh, more in the future. So we want to keep on growing, but also we want to grow sustainably in a healthy way. We also really want to continue a huge, a huge thing that helped us get through 2020 was creating a, a environment for our team where everyone feels safe, taken care of. There's some stability. And, and that was our, our major focus uh, last year was, you know, we had a no layoff promise. We, we made sure we were running our business lean, but conservative and keeping cash. So, you know, looking ahead, we want to be continuing to grow as aggressively as we can, but not at the expense of, of uh, anyone's sanity. Um, and we want to be safe. So make everything, uh, you know, sufficient cash reserves, sufficient process procedure to, to just make everyone's job a lot easier. Yeah, that sounds great. Tell me about those employees. Tell me about your, your employee culture there. What's the engagement like? Um, yeah, so we, uh, we effectively refer to ourselves as arglers and, uh, <laughs> um, We've done a couple of things that I'm really proud of. Um, one is uh, we are a Pledge 1% member. So when, actually all the way back in 2011, we joined the Pledge 1% program. So 1% of our time, 1% of our product, and 1% of our profit, uh, we donate to nonprofits. So uh, with, with our team, as an example, uh, anyone can take 24 hours of PTO on top of their existing PTO stri- strictly for nonprofit uh, volunteer work. Wow. Um so that's that's kind of one facet of it. But beyond that, you know, we have a, a pretty vibrant culture. Uh, as a small company, you know, even when we were about thirty-five people, we had two almost full-time employees who were dedicated to to HR, taking care of the team, hiring and 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 managing all of the internal affairs of of a growing company to make it a good experience for everyone. Uh, we've always worked really hard to have great comprehensive benefits. Not, I mean. Sure, I want to be a competitive employer, but also like I just really want our team to feel taken care of, and you know everything from the standard suite of PTO and um, uh, insurances, but also you know the the volunteerism, the internal stuff that we do, weekly lunches, and you know all the fun stuff. We we have Slack. I mean, we're we have burgeoning Slack communities inside of uh, <laughs> um, people sh- with shared interests, and you know we really encourage everyone to to share and. Uh, a little bit about themselves and have fun while we're working. And, and uh, you know, that, that was true in 2011 and it's true today. Do you think there's one, if you could narrow it down, is there one key ingredient you think that's helped lead you to the kind of growth you guys have experienced over the past 10 years? There's a lot of ingredients, but sure. uh, I, you know, I think, I think the most important one is, is we, uh, as a company, I've always had an unwavering commitment to delivering good work, hmm. um, which has helped us uh, just make these amazing relationships with our client, with our clients. Um, but it's also given us a lot of peace and confidence when we know our work is good. It makes it makes it so much easier to sell. It makes it so much easier to service and deliver, uh, and it makes relationships with our customers a lot a lot better. So. Uh, you know, way more of my backstory was I actually have an art degree and somehow found myself in the business world. But uh, I, 
me and Tom both kind of alternative backgrounds coming into tech, we have taken a lot of that energy, creativity, and turned it into how we do work here. That's great. Well, before we go, I want to make sure you have a chance to tell folks how to find your website and uh, if they want to get in contact and learn more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it's pretty easy. If you can imagine www.redargyle.com um, or, you know, feel free to hit me up on Twitter is my favorite social network. And I'm at Darth Gary, D-A-R-R-Y. I am and was a pretty big Star Wars fan. Uh, LinkedIn's fine too. And uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely always looking to have some great conversations and see if we can help people with their tech needs. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm 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 a, you're, I'm with you right there on the Star Wars fan thing. So <laughs> that's a different show, though. I may have to ask you on on my other show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, happy to uh, happy to chat sometime. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We appreciate you spending the time. Yeah, thank you so much as well, and uh, take care. Thank you also for listening to another episode of What Makes Them Tip: Innovations That Changed Everything. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, Innovations That Changed Everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.